Appendix 4 Continued of Home Education Series Volume 3 School Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Franklin Fox. Home Education Series Volume 3 School Education by Charlotte Mason. Appendix 4 Continued. Examination of a Child of Twelve in the Parents' Review School on the Work of a Term German 1. Hero Engeschichten has not been taken, so Kaiser Karl am Lutusgrab is recited from page 24 of A Book of German Ballads, Cambridge University Press. In Wittenberg der starken Lutusfeste ist Kaiser Karl der Sieger eingedrungen. Wohl ist den Stamm zu fehlen ihm gelungen, doch neue Wulzen schlagen rings die Äste. In Luthers Feste hausen fremde Gäste, doch Luthers Geist, der bleibet unbezwungen. Da, wo des Geistes Schwert er hat geschwungen, da ruhen billig auch des Leibes Reste. Am Grabe steht der Kaiser tief gerührt auf den Unrechedisch an dem Gebeinen. Den Flammen geb sie preis, wie sich's gebühret, so hört man aus der Diene Tross den einen. Der Kaiser spricht, den Krieg hab ich geführet, mit Lebenden um Tote Last und Weinen. 2. Welche dieses Blumen ist den schönsten? Ich war einmal in Berlin und dreimal in Paris. 3. Ich habe sechs Gütebücher. Er ist fünfzehnmal gestraft worden. Wir sind siebzehn edelle Knaben. Neun Knaben sind in dieses Spiel. Vier Bücher wären großachsenhundert schlecht Knaben. Arithmetic Problem 1 An addition problem consisting of five add-ins. The first add-in has two multiplication problems within it and it bears a notation of two quarters equals one half of one hundred weight. The first multiplication problem within the first addend reads one half of one pound sterling, thirteen shillings, and ten pence, value of zero tons, one hundred weight, zero quarters, zero pounds, multiplied by eleven equals eighteen pounds sterling, twelve shillings, two pence, value of zero tons, eleven hundred weight, zero quarters, zero pounds. The product is then multiplied by two, equaling thirty-seven pounds sterling, four shillings, four pence, value of one ton, two hundred weight, zero quarters, zero pounds. The second addend bears the annotation eight pounds equals one-seventh of two quarters and reads one-seventh of zero pound sterling sixteen shillings eleven pence value of zero tons zero hundredweight two quarters zero pounds the third addend also bears the annotation eight pounds equals one-seventh of two quarters and reads one-seventh of zero pound sterling two shillings five pence value of zero tons zero hundredweight 
zero quarters, and eight pounds. The fourth addend bears the annotation four pounds equals one half of eight pounds, and reads one half of zero pounds sterling, two shillings and five pence. Value of zero tons, zero hundredweight, zero quarters, eight pounds. The fifth addend bears no annotation and reads zero pounds sterling, one shilling, two and a half pence. Value of zero tons, zero hundredweight, zero quarters, four pounds. Answer. 38 pounds sterling, five shillings, three and a half pence. Value of one ton, two hundredweight, two quarters, 20 pounds. Problem two. Find the cost of 4,959 balls at 11 and three quarter pence each. This problem is solved through a series of conversions and then a subtraction at the end of 4,959 farthings from 4,559 shillings. 4,959 balls at 11 and three quarter pence each equals 4,959 balls at one shilling each minus 4,959 farthings. 4,959 farthings equals 1,239 and three quarter pence, which equals 103 shillings and three and three quarter pence, which also equals five pounds sterling, three shillings, three and three quarter pence. 4,959 shillings equals 247 pounds sterling, 19 shillings, zero pence. Therefore, the difference between 4,959 farthings and 4,959 shillings is 242 pounds sterling, 15 shillings, and eight and one quarter pence. This is the answer to the cost of 4,959 balls at 11 and three quarter pence each. Problem three. This problem includes an addition and multiplication by fractions. The annotations to the side are eight pence equals one thirtieth of one pound sterling and one half equals one sixteenth of eight pence. The problem reads, Take one thirtieth of five thousand two hundred thirty eight pounds sterling, ten shillings, zero pence, to get one hundred seventy four pounds sterling, twelve shillings, four pence. Take one sixteenth of this answer and get ten pounds sterling, eighteen shillings, three and one quarter pence. Add these two answers together and get 185 pounds sterling, 10 shillings, 7 and 1 quarter pence. Reader's note. The answer written in the book is 181 pounds sterling, 19 shillings, 9 pence. End reader's note. Problem 4. This is a mock receipt of four separate items that have been bought where the number of each item is multiplied by its price, and the final price of each item is added together to a grand total. The letterhead reads, Jones, Brown & Company, bought of D. H. Evans & Company, Oxford Street, West, London, 
May 21st, 1906. The first item, five pairs stockings at one shilling three and a half pence per pair, equaling zero pounds sterling, six shillings, five and a half pence. The second item is 40 needles at one shilling and one and one half pence per score. The answer, zero pounds sterling, two shillings, three pence. The third item is 96 buttons at six and a half pence per dozen. The answer is zero pounds sterling, four shillings, four pence. The fourth item is six and three quarter yards of silk at five shillings, one pence per yard. The answer, one pound sterling, 13 shillings, three and three quarter pence. Total, two pounds sterling, six shillings, four and one quarter pence. Composition. A. Sir Walter Scott was a well-known writer in the early part of the 19th century. His novels are read by almost everyone, and though perhaps his poetry is not quite so well known, still, at most places one finds people who have read or heard of The Lady of the Lake or Marmion. The first of his novels was Waverley, Sick, and so they are often called the Waverley novels. The historical tales are very good, giving the reader a splendid idea of life in the 12th or 13th centuries. Ivanhoe, Betrothed, The Talisman, and Kenilworth. This latter is about the 16th century, in Queen Elizabeth's reign. The Heart of Mithlothian is also very interesting, and Peveril of the Peak tells about the fighting between the Cavaliers and Roundheads in the time of Charles I and Oliver Cromwell. The Lady of the Lake is about the longest poem Sir Walter Scott ever wrote. It is very beautiful, and many pieces in it are most interesting. Marmion tell, sick, of a battle and how a Lord Marmion was killed there. Latin 1. Alexander, once upon a time, asked a pirate whom he had taken, by what right he infested the seas. At that, the same, said he, by which you do infest the world, but because I do it with a small ship, I am called a robber. You, because you do it with a great fleet and army, are called a general. Alexander dismissed the man unhurt. Did he do rightly? Alexander, olim, comprehensum, piretum, interrogavit. Quo jure maria infestaret? Elle, eodem, inquit. Quo tu orbem terrarum, sed quia ego parvo navigio facio, la trovocor? Tu, quia mana classe et exercitu imperator, Alexander inviolatum hominem demisit. Num juste fecit? Alexander, noun, proper, masculine, singular, nominative case. Olim. Adverb, modifies verb, interrogavit. Comprehensum, participle used as adjective modifying piratam piratam noun common masculine singular objective case governed by interrogavit interrogavit verb transitive third person singular
past tense. Quo, relative pronoun, ablative case, antecedent, jure. Jure, noun, common, neuter, singular, ablative case. Maria, noun, common, neuter, singular, objective case to infestaret. Infestaret, intransitive verb, third person singular, present subjunctive case. 2. A. Somnimus totus noctis. B. Docebo te musicam. C. Romani numam regem elexerunt. D. Galli cis renum habitaverunt. E. Magister videt multos pueros ludere. A illustrates that the object is in the accusative in Latin. B. Illustrates that the double object is in the accusative. C. Illustrates that the double object is in the accusative. D. Illustrates that all prepositions, as cis, take the accusative case. E. Illustrates that, with a sentence like, the master sees that many boys play, you prefix with master sees, leave out that, turn many boys into accusative, and turn play into the infinitive. English History 1. The Anti-Corn Law League was formed early in the reign of Queen Victoria. Its name shows that its object was to get the corn laws repealed, or rather to have the taxes on corn taken off, as they were causing distress in the country. Eloquent men went about the country speaking to the people and telling them how much better it would be not to have them, until they were convinced that it was so and made rather a fuss over it, so that one Prime Minister, Lord Russell, resigned, and Lord Melbourne came in and took off some of the taxes. People now seem to be thinking that it would be a good thing to put on some of these corn taxes again, and the country is again rather agitated about it and Mr. Chamberlain, Mr. Balfour, and many other gentlemen go about making speeches either for or against it, according to their different views, just as people did then, when Sir Robert Peel did take them off. 2. England joined in the Crimean War because they were afraid that if Russia got hold of Turkey, they might prevent the English going to and from India, and that thus the command we have over India might be loosened and India might once more become an independent country. France entered because Napoleon III wished to show that he had some power and was not afraid of war. Sardinia entered in because the king of Sardinia's minister, Count Cavour, wished to show that Sardinia had some power, and he also thought that making powerful friends such as England and France, his master, King Victor Emmanuel, might one day become king of Italy. Russia wanted to put down Turkey, and Turkey, of course, went against Russia. It was a very sad war, mostly because of the bad management. The charges of the light and heavy brigades, the battles of Inkerman, Balaclava, and last of all, the long siege of Sebastopol, which might have been prevented had we charged the day before at the Russians, so as to prevent them get sick hold of and fortifying the chief tower all tells sick of suffering from the intense cold and death of the soldiers by scores french history 
1. The Prussians advanced into France, meeting with resistance everywhere, but still they went steadily on, till at last they reached Paris, which they besieged for a long time, so that the people were obliged to eat cats, dogs, horses, and even rats and mice, so that they had to give in. Then there was a treaty made, and Prussia made France give up the two provinces of Alsace and Lorraine, and also made them pay an immense sum of money, which was only paid off about ten years ago. France cannot rest with Alsace and Lorraine in the hands of the Emperor of Germany, and keeps up large armies in the hopes of winning them back some day. Germany also keeps up large armies in readiness for resistance, and these two countries make Europe like an armed camp. 2. In 1875, people thought they would like a king again, but after all, a new constitution was made and passed by the assembly. This government still lasts. There is a chamber of deputies, something like our English parliament. There is also another chamber called the Senate, like the House of Lords in England. A president is chosen, and after seven years gives up his post, and someone else is chosen. Ministers carry on the government so as to please the National Assembly. New people must be chosen if they are not liked by the Assembly. Roman History 1. The Veintes, one of the Tuscan nations, declared that Romulus ill-treated the Fidene, who belonged to them. This was absurd, as the Veintes had not tried to help the Fidene when Romulus took them, and therefore they had a war in which Romulus was victorious, and on the anniversary for some years after, the Romans celebrated their victory by having a herald who called through the town, Sardians to be sold. The Veintes were called Sardians, because the Tuscans were descended from the Sardians. And several young boys in ropes represent, sick, the Veintes. 2. The Romans imagined that there were not enough women for them all to have a wife, so they attacked the Sabines and carried off several women. These were treated with courtesy and respect, but the Sabine men did not like it and declared war. But while they were fighting, the women ran in between and beseeching on one side their fathers and on the other side their husbands to stop. They did stop and made up the quarrel. Geography 1. The West Indies are a set of islands enclosing the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean Sea. They form two large groups, the Greater Antilles and the Lesser Antilles. The largest island in the Greater Antilles is Cuba, which belongs to Spain. It is a lovely place, with palm trees, cocoa, and coffee plantations, and sugar and tobacco are largely exported. The capital is Havana, where the best cigars in the world are made and it also has a good harbor from whence is exported the sugar, coffee, cocoa, and rum made in the island. The island next in size in our first group is Haiti or St. Domingo. Part of this island belongs to Spain, and the other part once belonged to France, but is now a little Negro kingdom. Its capital is Port-au-Prince. Jamaica is the next island. This belongs to Britain and is the chief place from which we get our sugar, cocoa, and coffee. The capital is Kingston, a nice, bright town with churches and a town hall, and a governor's residence. Puerto Rico is a Spanish island of not very much importance. Its capital is Don Juan, 
named after the Spanish sailor who first discovered it. Then comes a little group of islands called the Virgin Islands, of which the most important is Santa Cruz, which belongs to Denmark. They are between the Greater and Lesser Antilles. The largest island in the Lesser Antilles is Guadalupe, which belongs to France. It is a pleasant island, with a lovely bay on which stands the capital, Grand Terre. Dominica, British, Barbuda, Anguilla, Antigua, and St. John's, also British, are some of the most important British islands. The other French islands are Martinique and Marie Galante. St. Vincent and Barbados, capital Bridgetown, are also important British islands. After passing the Lesser Antilles, we come to the beautiful island of Trinidad, with its capital, Port of Spain, on the lovely blue gulf of Paria, which separates it from Venezuela. Reader's Note Sections 2 and 3 of the Geography section are missing and replaced with the word MAP in brackets. End Reader's Note 4. Coral reefs are formed by tiny animals called coral polyps, which, almost as soon as they are born, begin to separate part of their food to build up their houses. They often stick to one another and build in companies. We will imagine ten of these little animals have started building at the bottom of the sea. Two or three of them may have stuck to each other, and soon a little pillar appears of red, white, or very rarely, black coral. New little polyps are born and they build on and round their parents' work, so it get sick, broader and higher, and more and more little ones come to enlarge the work, till one day a point of red or white coral appears above the surface of the sea. More and more of it appears, till there is quite a little island. Then the wind often blows seeds, and the birds bring them, and the sea washes up sand into the nooks and crannies, till palm trees grow and other plants, and birds build their nests there, and maybe have tiny birds themselves. And so there is an island fit for man's use. And it all started from two or three little coral polyps about one-eighth of an inch long. Volcanoes are apparently openings in the Earth's crust down to, sick, very center of the Earth, where many people believe that there is a great fire, the remains of the days when the Earth was a seething mass of fiery vapor. When eruptions break forth, flames and smoke reach to an enormous height, come out of the crater, and fiery lava runs in streams down the sides of the mountain, burning everything in its course, and stones and ashes are thrown out ever so far. In the sad eruption of Montpellier in 1901, ashes fell on steamers more than a hundred miles away, and the noise of the eruption was heard for miles, and the city of Saint-Pierre the capital of Martinique, was entirely buried in ashes and lava. Only a few church walls or street corners are remaining now to show that Saint-Pierre was once a flourishing city. This shows that volcanoes are evidently openings through which the inside of the earth seems sometimes to let off steam. Reader's Note There is a section marked off here for diagrams. End Reader's Note English Grammar Part 1 begins with a table of five columns. The titles of each column are Subject, Attributes of Subject, Predicate, Direct Object, and Averbial Adjuncts. The first line is Flowers, 
the, comma, lily and dewy rose, close, blank for direct object, one by one. The second line is shutting, blank for attributes of subject, blank for predicate, their tender petals, from the moon. The third line is grasshoppers, the, are still, blank for direct object, blank for a-verbial adjuncts. The fourth line, crows, the noisy, are still, blank for direct object, but not so soon. One, numeral adjective modifying flowers, by preposition joining one, two, one, close, transitive verb, third person, plural, present tense, shutting, present participle, governing petals, there, personal possessive pronoun, third person, plural, from, Preposition governing moon. Still. Adjective modifying grasshoppers. So. Adverb modifying soon. Soon. Adverb of time. Modifying are still. Noisy. Adjective qualifying crows. Part 2. Go quickly. He is dying. A dying man lies there. Making a dress is difficult. I am making a box. To tell tales is mean. I was to tell you that. But for him, I should not be here. Had you but a knife, we should be safe. Yes, but he is stupid. So I cannot make him hear. Reader's Note Part 3 of English Grammar is a string of words. Each word, apart from the first, has been hyphenated. The reason is unclear. Each word will be read and the location of the hyphen will be stated after. End reader's note. 3. Episode. Epitome. With the hyphen between the I and the T. Hypocrite. With the hyphen between the O and the C. Hypothesis, with the hyphen between the O and the T. Cataract, with the hyphen between the second A and the R. Catastrophe, with the hyphen between the T and the second A. Cathedral, with the hyphen between the T and the H. Diphthong, sick, with the hyphen between the I and the P. Syntax, with the hyphen between the N and the T. Syllable, with the hyphen between the double L's. Sympathy, with the hyphen between the M and the P. Natural History 1. B. Foraminiferae are the rhizopoda, or root-footed family. They have a little opening in their shells, through which they send out hairs to catch very tiny water creatures and suck them in. 
Their shells are made from something they swallow. They are all sorts of shapes and can be seen without a microscope, though their lovely colored shells and tiny bodies can be seen better with it. They increase by self-division, but they can generally grow from tiny buds on the bodies of their mothers. Diagrams Sponges are cousins of the foraminiferae, but are slightly higher up in the rhizopoda family. They are full of tiny holes, with sometimes a bigger opening. These little holes lead into passages, which are continually leading into one another, and the bigger holes lead into bigger passages. They are made of some sort of fine tissue, which the sponge animal makes out of some part of its food after it has been digested. In these passages, tiny, soft, slimy creatures live, which are able to throw out hairs from themselves, with which they sweep water in and out of their house. Their children are born from buds, by self-division, and also from eggs. Some sponges increase in all of these different ways at once, so that one sponge often becomes the father of several families. Little hard things called sponge spicules grow around the egg to protect them. They are made from the lime the sponge finds in the water, and often have beautiful shapes. Diagram. 2. It has been found that though people speak of the, quote, everlasting hills, unquote, they cannot have been always where they are now. Mountains that are formed of rocks of any kind, either sedimentary or organic, must have been laid down at the sea bottom and something must have pushed them up, either earthquakes or volcanic eruptions. If, for example, several kinds of sedimentary rocks were laid down flat at the sea bottom, figure one, till they were, diagram, hundreds, perhaps thousands of feet thick, and they also happened to lie on some weak part of the crust where earthquakes sometimes happen, they may be squeezed or pushed up from the surface of the sea, and round them may be deposited more rocks, and they may be pushed up. And so land may be formed, with some parts higher than the rest, and these parts are called mountains. Botany. Part 1 is replaced with the word diagrams. Part 2. The raspberry, strawberry, and blackberry are all of the rose family, but there are little differences between them. They are not all alike. The raspberry is like the strawberry in that its seed boxes grow on the mound. But when you look at the ripe fruit, you will see that the seed boxes themselves grow bigger, softer, and rounder so that a ripe raspberry comes off without a little stalk, etc., hanging on. The blackberry is just the same as the raspberry, only it is black, and the round, juicy seed boxes do not shrink away from the mound quite so much. The construction of the strawberry fruit, however, is slightly different. Here it is the little mound that swells and becomes a bright red, and the seed boxes, generally wrongly called seeds, remain hard and small, looking something like little yellow apple pips. Euclid. First set. Reader's Note. Each section is a set of instructions to draw a geometrical figure. That figure is illustrated before each section. End Reader's Note. 1. Let AB be a given straight line. It is required to bisect AB. On AB, 
describe an equilateral triangle ACB. Annotation I1. Bisect angle ACB by the straight line CD. Annotation I9. Meeting AB in D. Then shall AB be bisected in D. In triangles ACD, DCB, the side AC equals side CB, and CD is common and angle ACD equals angle DCB. Annotation Hypothesis. Therefore, triangles are equal in all respects. Annotation I4. And side AD equals side DB. Annotation QEF. 2. Let AB be the given straight line of unlimited length and C the given point outside it. It is required to draw from C a straight line perpendicular to AB. Take a point D on the other side of AB, and with center C and radius CD, describe a circle FE cutting AB in E and F. Bisect EF in G, and join CE, CG, CF. Annotation I10. Then shall CG be at right angles to AB. In the triangles ECG, CGF, EC equals CF, and EG equals GF. Construction. And CG is common. Therefore, triangles are equal in all respects. Annotation I7. And angle EGC equals angle CGF. And therefore, CG is perpendicular to AB. Annotation Definition. Annotation QEF. 3. Let ABC be the given angle. It is required to divide angle ABC into four equal parts. Bisect angle ABC by the straight line BD. Annotation I9. Bisect the angle ABD by the straight line BF. Annotation I9. Bisect the angle DBC by the straight line BE. Annotation I9. Then angle ABF FBD, DBE, EBC are all equal. Annotation Axion 7. Therefore, angle ABD has been divided into four equal parts. Annotation QEF. End of Appendix 4 continued. Recording by Franklin Fox.